Hello and welcome to episode 641 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We're recording on Sunday, September 3rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Sunday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain the forgiveness of our sins. Behold, O Mother of God, at thy feet a miserable sinner, a slave of hell who has recourse to thee and trusts in thee. I do not deserve that thou shouldest even look at me, but I know that thou, having seen thy son die for the salvation of sinners, hast the greatest desire to help them. I hear all call thee the refuge of sinners, the hope of those who are in despair, and the help of the abandoned. Thou art then my refuge, my hope, and my help. Thou hast to save me by thy intercession. Help me for the love of Jesus Christ. Extend thy hand to a miserable creature who has fallen and recommends himself to thee. I know that thy pleasure is to help a sinner to thy utmost. Help me, therefore, now that thou canst do so. By my sins I have lost divine grace, and with it my soul. I now place myself in thy hands. Tell me what I must do to recover the favor of my Lord, and I will immediately do it. He sends me to thee that thou mayest help me, and he wills that I should have recourse to thy mercy, that not only the merits of thy son, but also that thy intercession may help me to save my soul. To thee, then, I have recourse. Do thou, who prayest for so many others, pray also to Jesus for me. Ask him to pardon me, and he will forgive me. Tell him that thou desirest my salvation, and he will save me. Show how thou canst enrich those who trust in thee. Amen. Thus I hope. Thus may it be. Today, friends, I wanted to check out an article which was initially published two years ago today from the Society of St. Pius X website located at sspx.org entitled A Celebration of Pope St. Pius X on his Feast of September 3rd. Pope St. Pius X is my favorite pope of all time. And some people are not aware of this. Dr. Marshall has pointed it out. He was also the first ethnically Polish pope. Um, His parents emigrated from what is now Poland. I think then it was probably part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire to Italy. So he wasn't born in Poland, but his parents were uh, ethnically Polish. And consequently, so was he. And he was just fantastic, the the hammer uh, who took on the modernists. And if every pope after him would have been like him, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now. He's far and away the greatest pope of the 20th century. I think he's the greatest pope ever. Today, more than ever, the church finds in St. Pius X, pope from 1903 to 1914, a true saint of the papacy, a model, and a guide. In the brief of beatification, June 3, 1951, Pius XII lists the chief traits deserving the attention and the admiration of the crowds. One, his concern about the sanctity of the clergy, the key to renewing all things in Christ, according to his sublime motto. Two, the renewal of ecclesiastical studies. Pius X exhorts Christian philosophers to defend the truth under the banner of St. Thomas Aquinas. He founds in Rome the Pontifical Biblical Institute and encourages the theological sciences, inspired exegesis, and carefully prepared preaching 
on the part of the clergy. Three, his preoccupation with the eternal salvation of souls. If Pius X desired a holy clergy, it was with a view to the instruction of the faithful, to whom he gave a catechism designed for both adults and children. To the latter, he would forever remain the Pope of the Eucharist, promoting communion at an early age, but also, and for everyone, frequent and even daily communion. Four, the defense of the faith in its fullness and purity. The false teachings that recycled a compendium of errors were unmasked, labeled as modernism, and wisely repressed. That encyclical was Pescendi, published on September 8, 1907. In these circumstances, as well as in his battle against anti-clerical laws and the secularist separation of church and state, St. Pius X was, in the words of the angelic pastor, an infallible teacher of the faith, the fearless avenger of religion, and the guardian of the church's liberty. 5. His love of the liturgy, the initiator of an authentic liturgical movement, Pius X renewed sacred music, but also the breviary and the calendar of feast days, so as to orient the church decisively toward a liturgical life that is thoroughly imbued with traditional piety, sacramental grace, and inspired beauty. These are chief traits of the sanctity of Pius X, the sanctity of a reign that was thoroughly imbued with the grandeurs and the supernatural riches that are the church's treasure. Pius XII likewise recalls the work of reform that he accomplished in the Roman Curia, in the schools and the parishes, the formidable work of compiling the hitherto scattered laws of the church into one corpus adapted to the conditions of society, the Code of Canon Law promulgated in 1917. We should have stayed with that Code of Canon Law, by the way. It's much better than the 1983 Code. Not to forget the attention that he paid to evangelization and the missions, and also his appeals to the separated Oriental Christians for unity. Pius XII canonized this pontifical sanctity for a very precise purpose in order to dispose minds to confront our own struggles and to assure our victories and those of the generations to come. Now that he is proclaimed a saint and guide of men today, the apostle of the interior life, St. Pius X is held up as a providential example for the modern world, where earthly society, which has increasingly become a sort of enigma to itself, anxiously seeks a solution so as to require a soul, so as to reacquire a soul. May it therefore look for a model to the church gathered about her altars. For this Pope inspired everywhere an immense movement of return to the splendors of the sacred liturgy and of sacred music and banished ugliness from God's temple. Well, don't we need that now, friends? It's a wonderful quote from Pius XII about St. Pius X. Inspired everywhere an immense movement of return to the splendors of the sacred liturgy and of sacred music and banished ugliness from God's holy temple. How many ugly churches have you been in in your life? All these monstrosities that were built in the 60s and 70s, they're just awful. We need to get back to truth, goodness, and beauty. And part of that is beautiful architecture, beautiful paintings, 
of course, sacred music and the sacred liturgy returning to the traditional Latin mass and banning the Novus Ordo once and for all. The article continues with the next section here that says, more than ever today, as she did 60 years ago, the church finds in St. Pius X a true saint of the papacy, a model and a guide for the clergy so that they might rediscover the meaning of their eminent dignity and of their vocation to be first and foremost men of God devoted to the worship and praise of him. The sacrosanct rituals of the liturgy constitute in the first place public worship offered to the divine majesty, the same act of sacrifice offered by the one savior of mankind. This is not about organizing a more or less Protestantized Last Supper without grandeur or clearly defined priesthood. It is about restoring to each priest his own identity. The fact that he is another Christ, mediator between God and men, charged with pardoning sins, distributing divine blessings to souls, and leading them to heaven. For the faithful and the Christian people as a whole, so that they might understand the burning necessity of saving their souls, of sanctifying their home, their work, and their city, wisely instructed by their holy religion. May they know how to keep themselves from the corruption of the world, especially from moral and intellectual corruption. St. Pius X wanted the people to pray with the help of beauty and to recognize in the Eucharist the power to feed their interior life substantially. On a sound basis, he organized Catholic action and promoted the social and professional activities of Catholics within a denominational framework. For the peoples of the world and for all men of goodwill, so that they might find in the church access to Jesus Christ, this was his primary concern. Pius XII again explains, for God is the origin and the foundation of all order, of all justice, of all law in the world. Where God is, their order, justice, and law reign. Hence the great construction project during the pontificate of St. Pius X to organize the law of the church. Hence also the primacy of faith and of sound doctrine, which was a service of the utmost charity rendered by a saint as head of the church to all humanity. For the enemies of the church, finally, so that they might know the fearlessness and the strength that God alone can give to his vicar on earth and through him to his children sp spread throughout the world. Symbolic of this was the courage with which Pius X rejected the laws separating church and state. He gave new bishops to cruelly persecuted France and resist the attacks of the wicked. So ends the article. Thank God for the magnificent Pope St. Pius X. Pope St. Pius X, Ora Pernobis. Now to conclude, friends, once again, I'd like to mention Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. Please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The topics, RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers, before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, by God's grace, working through rapid prompting method, we know that my niece is a comprehensive genius who can compose music, who is 
brilliant at mathematics who even knows foreign languages. She has an IQ, although never formally tested, must be off the charts. I'm blessed with two wonderful nieces who are also my goddaughters. How many other young people or older people around the world don't have access to communication? They can't speak. Just like sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf in terms of their being able to communicate or braille for the blind in terms of their being able to read. Well, that's the tremendous, the absolutely phenomenal breakthrough that non-speakers are having with RPM, rapid prompting method. But you can't use a tool unless you know about it. So we need to get this information to the families and the friends of non-speakers. Communication is a human right. RPM takes non-speakers out of this prison of silence that they're in and brings them into the world of open communication. And I've been blessed, not only, of course, my niece, but through her interaction with many other non-speakers to know a community of non-speakers and they are wonderful people. Some of the most thoughtful, intelligent, and caring human beings you can possibly meet. They need our help. Let's pray for them and let's get this website and these episodes of Our Lady's Podcast to their friends and family members. Once again, H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org and episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. May God bless you for all of your efforts in that endeavor. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please tune, again, tune in again tomorrow. Goodbye and God love you.